hear me? Good morning, it's lovely to see you. Bought a bit of reading material. Just been on holiday in Spain. Um, I thought rather than preach, I'd just read this all to you. You've got a couple of days of you. To, to, no, so I'm going to recommend some of those later. Yeah, we've just been on holiday. It's been lovely. The sun sends its love, by the way. <laughs> we asked it to come with us, but uh, it doesn't look like it's obeyed us, does it, really? But uh, hopefully tomorrow, bank holiday, we'll have a nice day tomorrow. Nice sun, sunshine for us. Um, this morning, yeah, as, as Paul's just said, I have the privilege of just finishing off our time in Colossians. Live your life. I hope you've picked up lots of tips and things and, and just real ways of, of living this Christian life. Um, all, of the, all of the preachers are on, available on download on the website and that's how I've managed to keep up to date with what's going on when I've been on holiday because I've been listening to three weeks ago, Alid, and then Matt, and then I've just listened to Paul. So, so you, can, uh, you can listen to those if you've missed any. Um, this morning, as I said, it's the end of Colossians, and um, it's Colossians 4, verse 5 to 6. I'll read that first, and then I'll just go for an introduction. Colossians 4, verse 5 to 6. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That's wonderful advice um, when we speak to people, and I'm going to unpack that a bit later. Um, so today I'm going to be speaking about sharing our faith, um, sharing the good news, personal evangelism, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's particularly relevant as w- for us as a church, really, as we go into community groups and we look to, uh, to reach out more and more, as more outward-looking we can be. Um, but first, I'd like to just settle this all and, and give this to God. So let's pray, shall we? Lord, I thank you for that wonderful time of worship, Lord. I thank you that you are in control. You are the God of the universe, Lord. You, you, but you love us, Lord that you've come down and touched our lives, Lord God. I thank you for this Colossians series, Lord. I thank you that it contains solid wisdom and it can help us to live our lives, lives that are pleasing to you, Lord. Thank you that you're with us this morning. I pray you will speak into each and every heart this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now I'm sure as I start this about personal evangelism, it it, uh, probably has various reactions in you. I'm sure not all of them are absolutely positive. Um, I'm sure, as I do, get quite nervous about it. Um, But it's quite easy to get comfortable in our Christian life, isn't it? There's me and Jesus and my friends, and we're all happy, and we try and shut out the world as best we can, um, just have a really good time here, uh, and that's that's great, and that's lovely. But um, there's something deep down we know that we have something that we want to share with people, don't we? That we have such good news to share. And, and I don't want to keep it to myself. I'm guilty of that in the past, but I, 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 partly I'm preaching to myself this morning because I want to be a person that speaks to people about Jesus. Now, um, this is going to be a bit weird for some of you who don't know Jesus this morning. Maybe you're visiting for the first time or, or just coming to see what it's like. And we're going to be talking about how we're going to reach you. Well, the, re- <laughs> the reason is, is because we love you. 
and because we have, as I said, such good news that we want you to know. Now, this may not be completely relevant to you. I'm going to be talking about going on a great adventure and you might want to start on that adventure this morning. Um, So just let God speak to you this morning. Um, But uh, this is probably going to be mostly for for Christians. Um, Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, I don't... I don't feel that I'm particularly very good at this. I know Bridget and other people, Steve Barnes and those are, are, are good at this sort of thing. But what I do have is a passion for people in this town to know about Jesus. Yes. And, and, yes. and I take my weakness and give it to God and say, God, will you use this? You might feel weak this morning. You might feel, boy, I don't feel I can do this. Well, I'm in the same position. A couple of years ago, I would never have seen myself standing up here but God is, is giving me something and, and, and he's given me a boldness to speak. And we have such a wonderful message to bring, don't we? We have a God who has saved us. Like we just sang in that last, that last song, he's reached down and touched us. His grace has met us. He's released us from the bondage of sin and death. And he's given us um, himself and the good news and, and that's what I'm passionate about. And that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. God known in this town. Um, as I was preparing, just as an introduction, I was thinking of five reasons why you might give for not showing your faith. And um, I probably have at some time or other used most of these. Um, <laughs> so I'll just go through these just in case these are, these are on, on your thoughts. Um, the first one is, I don't need to speak to anybody. I am not under law. I'm under grace. But, let me be absolutely clear, we are saved by grace through faith alone. There is absolutely nothing we can do to add to our salvation. Nothing we can do. You don't have to go out and tell people about Jesus. The Bible says, for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, the gift of God, a free gift, not by works, so that none of us can boast. God has done everything for us. There is nothing we can add. So does that mean then that we don't now need to tell anyone about God, what he's done? Well, quite the opposite actually, isn't it? We don't, t- we don't tell people out of a sense of duty. We don't have to, we get to. We get the amazing privilege of joining in on God's mission. God's mission is to, is to reach this nation and this and the whole world for himself. And he's let us in on the privilege of being part of that. Isn't that wonderful? Now sometimes I think you can, you know, we can think that becoming a Christian is just, um, you know, one, one Sunday you come to the front or you put your hand up and you're sitting there, you've got your ticket to heaven and you're sitting in the departure lounge of, of church services, I've got my ticket to heaven and everything's okay and uh, and... And, and then God will call me home one day. Well, if you think that's what Christianity is, then I think you've missed it by a million miles. Authentic, authentic Christianity is, is in, we see it in the, in the book of Acts. It's a white-knuckle ride of, putting your, uh, of, of partnership with God as we go together and, and we go on an adventure. That's what Christian, Christianity should be about. Um, is that, is that your experience? Is your experience of excitement every day? I hope it is, but if it's not, then let's learn to, 
to, to, uh, to reach out a bit. Um, we've heard a lot in the media this week, haven't we, about MI6 and this spy that was found dead in this flat um, in strange circumstances. And uh, it got me thinking about James Bond. And uh, James Bond has adventures, doesn't he? My son wants to be James Bond. Not, not all the kissing and stuff, he doesn't like that. <laughs> no, he wants the excitement and the adventure. And uh, when, I t- when, I take him to, um, when I take him to swimming, his swimming club, we, uh, we park the car, and what I used to do was get the, get the ticket, but now he wants the top secret mission of getting that ticket, so I give him his money, he gets out of the car, and he is James Bond. He's going down past the cars, he puts his ticket in the machine, he ducks down, I don't see him, I think, where's he gone? And then suddenly I'm sitting there in the car, and suddenly his ticket comes up, and he's, <laughs> you know, he suddenly appears out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, and then we can put it on the windscreen. And go, that, that is his top secret mission. He loves to be James Bond. And, and there's something in us. We want adventure, don't we? I am sure that's what God put adrenaline for, in us for, is for adventure. And um, is your Christian life like James Bond? No, not all the kissing. But is it, or is it like Basildon Bond? Stationary. <laughs> all right, all right. Best of best Okay. <laughs> the second, <laughs> best I could do, best I could come up with. <laughs> the second thing you might ha- might say is, oh no, he's going to want us to go no- knocking on doors. Oh no, I ain't knocking on doors. You don't have to go knocking on doors. I'll release you t- this morning. If you like it, you can. But um, I tell you what, there's a lot of people in this town who don't know Jesus. I don't know if you've noticed, but you go to work, they don't know Jesus even some in your own household, maybe, that don't know Jesus. It's a bit like the film um, uh, Sixth Sense, with a boy who says, I see dead people everywhere. Well, I see spiritually dead people everywhere. People that don't know. The Bible describes them as people who don't know their left hand from their right hand. They're people that don't know Jesus. So we don't need to knock on doors. They are everywhere. They're in our relationships. They're with the people that we know most. And uh, I think sometimes we just need to pray that God gives us opportunities to speak to those that are closest to us, those at work and everything else. I feel very frustrated myself with um, inabilities to just reach people at work and I just want to keep praying and, and this has been uh, something, just preparing this has been a provocation to me to just keep going and pray and pray that God gives me opportunities to speak to people. Um, the third reason you might come up with, uh, you might have tried this once, you nervously sort of approached someone and they might have laughed in your face or something like that and you thought, I'm not doing that again. Well, if you get knocked back, you need to get up again and up again. And just remember, it's not about what we're doing, it's about who we're doing it for. You know, if, if you love somebody... You don't just try something once and then give up. If you're committed as shit in a marriage, you don't, if just something goes wrong, say, oh, that's it, I'll, you know, give up, I'm not going to do that again. You know, we need to keep trying because we love somebody and we love Jesus, so we need to pick up and go again. Get encouraged by Paul, the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. Um, there was, uh, in Acts 13, verse 50, um, he got knocked back and you just see in the next verse how, how he went to the next place 
uh, and it went, it, the whole thing changed around. It says, But the Jews incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. So he got knocked back, he went to one town, shook the dust off his feet, went to the next town and saw, you know, next thing to revival. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Jesus said, actually, if, if, um, if they hated him, they, they will hate us. We need to be prepared to just accept some knockbacks, but it's, it's worth it. It's worth talking about him. Um, fourth reason I had was um, I just don't know what to say. I get a bit, you know, you get a bit tongue-tied, not sure. Um, don't worry about getting tongue-tied. You're in good company. I mean, I, I get tongue-tied. <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> I get tongue-tied. Uh, Moses was too. In Exodus 4, it says, Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. God is saying that to you today. He will help you speak and teach you what to say. Jesus repeats it in the New Testament. In Mark 13, he says, Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, I'm not necessarily saying that's going to happen, but get the rest of the verse. Do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul wasn't very eloquent either. He, he said in 1 Corinthians 2, when I, come to, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the mystery about God. It's not your persuasive words that are going to win people. It's the Holy Spirit using your words and your willingness to bring glory to Jesus. If you feel weak, remember that in Acts 1 it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They, they were a pretty shoddy rabble at that time, weren't they? They were scared in the upper room. God came with power. It can be the same for you. The Holy Spirit is here, willing and, and ready. He wants to glorify Jesus. He wants to come into you and help you to tell people about him. Just remember, you're not on your own. Just, uh, just going back to the James Bond theme... Um, I don't know if you remember all the amazing gadgets that Q used to come up with every, every film. Towards the beginning of the film, he'd have a special pen that you put in your mouth if you happen to be underwater and it helped you breathe longer or he had a bit of plastic explosive in the shoe and uh, it seemed that everything he was given he used later on in the film. Well, the Holy Spirit gives you things on the spot, just what you need. Now, it may be something that God knows everybody and he knows who you're going to talk to and he knows what they're feeling. He will give you the words to unlock something in their hearts to, to, bring, to bring them to Jesus because he loves them. So just remember, the Holy Spirit has got all these gadgets, all these amazing gifts for you to just, uh, 
just help you on your way. You're not on your own. And the last thing I had um, that you might, you might say is, um, yes, we do need a few more evangelists around the place because this church hasn't really grown for ages. And, and we could, as you say, probably do with a few people that are evangelistically gifted. But it's not down to them. We mustn't just say, I will leave this to the evangelist to do. It's for all of us. In Ephesians 4, it says it was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. But what did Jesus do this for? What, what was the reason he gave? It's in the very next verse. It says to prepare God's people for works of service. So an evangelist is gifted, yes, but he's gifted to help us to fulfil the Great Commission. The Great Commission is for all of us. Matthew 28, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So yes, it's for all of us. For the nervous ones like me and for the brave ones. I'm going to, um, in your notes now, there's, there's four points which I'm going to go through. But I thought probably the best way to um, talk about reaching people is to, to watch how the great evangelist does it. And that's Jesus, isn't he? He's the greatest evangelist. He was, if you, if you read the Gospels, if you read how Jesus approached people, how he reacted to people, he, he just knew how to uh, get through to them. And, and one, of the, one of the very famous passages where you see how Jesus is masterfully sort of works this, is in, in John 4. I think the words are going to come up there um, at the back. So it's John 4, verse 4. It's quite a lengthy passage, but I think it's worth reading, just to get, and then I'm going to go through these four points. Um, now, he had to go through Samaria. This is Jesus. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he, he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. 
Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have bought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. It's a powerful passage. Especially that bit about the fields are white for harvest. They are. just need to open our eyes. The first point I had was um, uh, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Um, speaking with wisdom. Wisdom as you know, is the application of knowledge. It's not uh, having knowledge itself. It's all very well being clever and having an argument for everything. But being wise is especially useful for finding ways and sharing our faith. Jesus was wise in, in the passage we've just read. He opened up, didn't he, the conversation in a very skillful way. He started by asking for water and then he really grabbed this woman's attention by talking about living water and that she would never th- thirst again. This, this just grabbed her attention. She wanted to know more. It takes real wisdom, doesn't it, to, uh, to just get in and, and, and speak to someone and to find out what, uh, how to, to get through to them. Um, and it's good news as well that, that God gives us wisdom. Um, it comes to, he says in James 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. So if you don't feel very wise when you're speaking to people, ask God. He'll give you the Holy Spirit and he will give you wisdom. He gives you all gifts you need. The second one, um, the second point was making the most of every opportunity. Now, many people are are shy. I'm one of them. Um, 
it's di quite difficult to open up conversations uh, and so we need to offer them a helping hand. Um, sometimes it's not about what you do. Someone said once it's uh, preach the gospel as often as you can, sometimes use words. Um, and, and that means, you know, that we can, we can demonstrate things and open up ourselves conversations just by being kind, by, you know, by chatting to people, just by passing the time of day at the bus queue or anywhere else. Just look for those opportunities where just to be friendly and a smiling face and to draw someone into conversation, you never know where that conversation will lead. You look at Jesus. He, he wasn't sort of thinking, now how can I get in? He was thirsty. He wanted a drink. He, he, it was a hot day um, and he was sitting there. The disciples had apparently left him all by himself um, and he was thirsty. And, uh, but he still had to break through, didn't he? he it says in the passage that it, was, it wasn't right really for a Jewish man to speak, speak to a Samaritan woman. But Jesus found a way in for, with amazing results. And we should be encouraged that even small encounters can, can make big, big inroads. Um, in 1 Peter 3 verse 15, it is actually on the back of your notes, and this is a, this is a great verse for this sort, of, this sort of thing. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord... Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Are, are we ready? Are you ready? If someone said to you, if someone suddenly came to you and said, I want to know the gospel, what is the gospel? Would you be able to tell them? Are you ready? Are you ready with your testimony? Would you just muddle it through? Or, or, or have you got it prepared in your hearts? Making the most of every opportunity will, will help us with that. And the next part, part um, the third part, is having conversations full of grace. We've been speaking about grace quite a bit this morning. Um, I'm sure you don't do this, but do, do you bash people over the head with the Bible <laughs> when you speak to them? You know, I think sometimes we can sort of fire missiles of, of, of words and, you know, Bible verses and things like that and uh, just learn from Jesus how he did it. He was gracious. Um, we want to point people to a gracious and compassionate and kind and loving God. It, we need to, sometimes I think we need to show them that he's not um, an ogre. Some, some people's view of God is that he's an ogre. No, he's loving, he's kind, he's generous. And, and I think if, if we can use grace with that, um, that would be great. We see Jesus with this woman in conversation. Um, he, he, yes, he, he talks to her about her sin, but he does it in such a compassionate and kind way. Um, and we see it again and again through scripture. In, in John 8, we see the story of where the woman is caught in adultery and the religious leaders are about to stone um, this woman and yet Jesus deals with it in such grace. He uses wisdom in that in, in, instant as well. Um, but he says, just go and sin no more. He's a gracious loving God. When we fully encounter Jesus, we do fully encounter grace, don't we? If we fully encounter him, we fully encounter grace and we can share that. Um, I've been thinking about the phrase after that which says season with salt. Um, I don't think I've been thinking about it just because there's posters everywhere about a film called Salt. It's just, you know, everywhere I look, salt, salt, salt. It's reminding me of this about season with salt. And I think traditionally we can think of 
of Christians and salt being, yes, we are preservatives, we are you know, preserving society with the way we are, or we bring a flavour, and, and those two are true. But I felt God just remind me of another way that salt is used. It makes you thirsty. I don't know if you... You probably don't go to bars, I shouldn't think, but <laughs> if you do, <laughs> now and again, <laughs> they have all these salty snacks on the, on the bar, don't they? Peanuts or crisps. You think, oh, that's generous. They're putting out some free food. Yeah, but they, you, know, you, you have that and you feel thirsty, don't you? And you buy more drinks. It's a subtle ploy. So I'd warn you. <laughs> but we as Christians, um, we, want to, yeah, we want to bring flavour and preservative, but we want, to, we want to make people thirsty for God, don't we? Do you, do you have a way of speaking to people that makes them thirst after God? Yeah, so that thirst, is, you, is that something that's in you? That just, you, you say, because um, people say, what is different about you? You know, is, is there something that just says, I want to know more? Um, so the last, the last part, after the having conversations full of grace, is um, knowing how to answer everybody. Um, just, just a question I want to throw out is, do you, do you know your Bible? Um, it's a sword, isn't it? The Bible says it's a sword. Can you wield it like an Olympic fencer? Swish, swish, swish. Or do you just swing it around your head and hope it will hit a target? Jesus, Jesus of course, knew knew the Bible. We see in this, in this passage, this woman comes up with a red herring, doesn't she? She's obviously just been confronted with the fact that she's had five husbands and the man she's not living with her husband and she suddenly just changes the conversation. What about worship then? <laughs> just like, <laughs> where did that come from? But, she's, she, but he, he doesn't say, you know, don't, don't detract me, I'm talking about your sin. He's, he answers a question he, and, and the question and, and his answer is one of the most it's most rich teaching in the Bible about worship. But then he just goes back. And, and, he, and Jesus knows his Bible. If you remember um, when he was being tempted um, by the devil in the wilderness, um, all the time, every answer he gave was, it is written. It is written. He, was, he, knew, he knew his Bible. So Jesus knew and memorised the scriptures. Do you know? Do you? Do you have you memorised any? Do you know any? Um, there's one easy one that you probably uh, you could start off with at least. John 3.16. probably know John 3.16. That's a good place to start. Again, in, in your notes, I've put in quite a few ones. So if you want to memorise any of those, that would be good. You know, if you feel you could do that, maybe learn one a week or, or, um, or learn them as a small group together. But, but the, the verses I've put in there, and there are others as well, are wonderful for sharing your faith. They talk about um, the fact that we're sinful, Romans uh, 3.23, for all, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, or Romans 6.23, um, or some of the other ones. They're all just wonderful passages um, that we can use when we're sharing our faith. Um, and, and also as well, there's, there's some questions that crop up again and again, and I don't know if you have any of these. Often people, you know, people will say to me, well, how can a God of love allow suffering? Or they just come up with a blanket statement of the Bible is full of contradictions. Well, there are, there are ways to, to answer that. It's not, you, it's not a, just a pat answer. Sometimes you have to, to, have to unpack it quite a bit. But would you be able to give a credible answer to any of these questions? Um, 
Or would you just stand looking bewildered? Um, it's good. I mean, there's no problem at all when you're a new Christian to say, look, I, I don't know. Let, let me go away and find out an answer and I'll come back to you. People don't want a pat answer. They don't want something that's just off pat. But they do generally want to know these questions. And so, you know, perhaps, again, as a small group, you might want to just go through some of these questions and, and just work out what you would say. Think about it in your own in your own way, how you would answer that question. Not easy, not saying they're easy, but um, you, can, you can find ways of bringing the gospel in. Um, and as I said just now, as we, as we come to an end, um, Jesus is our great example. It's good if you, go, if you can go through the, if the gospels again and just look through all the answers that Jesus gave um, and, and the way he just led people to himself and the way he answered people. It's, re- it's really good just to see, see how he did it. Um, I've just, just as we're finishing, I've got a couple of books I'd like to recommend. As I said, a, a good opportunity to read stuff on holiday. Um, they generally fall into t- two categories of books. Um, they're either showing you how to do it or, or, they, or they're ones that have got good answers to what people might have. Um, this, this one has been recommended before from this platform, Just Walk Across the Room. Um, it's, it's excellent. It's, re- it's Bill Hybels from, uh, where is he from? Willow Creek. Um, and I'm sure, I'm, I know many of you have read this, but it's, it's a good stirring of how, of how we can actually get started. There's another book which I got at the conference, um, The Unexpected Adventure, um, I don't know if there's any on the bookstore. You might want to ask them, but I've put them on. I've put it on the on the sheets there. But um, this is taking everyday risks to talk with people about Jesus, and it's and it's just it's it's done in in days, so you can take one a day, and it's just got different ways of, of doing it and, and and good examples that people have given of how they've have, how they've tackled certain things. Those two are excellent books if you want to learn more about it. And then there's this has been recommended before, but this is The Reason for God. It's another excellent book. Um, there's, a, there's a strong um, thing in society about evolution and, uh, you know, coming in very strongly with evolution, but this is a very good book that counteracts that. Um, there are very, very clever Christians, <laughs> very clever people that do have an answer, that, that it's not all you know, we're cowering here. There's, there is an answer. It, it's, don't get worried if someone talks to you about evolution and it's all scientific. Maybe, maybe get a book and, and, uh, and, and lend it to someone or give it to someone even. Um, these sort of, if you don't feel quite able to answer all the scientific questions yourself. So the last question really is, as we finish, are you ready to step into the adventure? I... I nervously put my place forward. I really want to, to um, as we're going into community groups, as, to, to be more outward looking, to look for ways that I can uh, speak to people. Um, are we ready to walk across the room? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray now. And uh, Santino, do you want to come up and finish off? Yeah, Lord... I just thank you so much that uh, 
for this wonderful news that we have. Lord, I thank you that you have saved us. Lord, that you've given us uh, new life, Lord. You've given us your grace. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to do anything. We get to. We get to join in with your great plans and purposes, Lord God. Help, us, help that to sink deep, deep into our spirits, Lord, that this isn't something we have to do. This is something we get to. Help us to be bold. Holy Spirit, I ask you to help us to be bold and to, um, and to help us. Push us out. Push us across that room, Lord God. We need your help. We admit that we are weak and feeble. I do. And, uh, but I thank you. you. You've promised you will be with us. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Um, amen.